today. We're going to turn to 1 John chapter number 4. Amen. I, I miss my pastor every time he's gone. Amen. I miss my pastor every time he's gone. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, 1 John chapter number 4, verses 1 through 4. It reads, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby ye know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. But because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Because greater is he. Because greater is he. Amen. Amen. Let's lay our Bibles down this morning. Let's, let's talk to God. We need his presence in this place. We need his help. We need his anointing in this house today. Lord, we love you. God, I thank you. Hallelujah. Can we give him a hand clap of praise in this place this morning? Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. Praise God. Praise God. I, hallelujah. I feel so inadequate this morning standing up here today I, uh, brother golf could have been here he could have preached this morning We've got so many other preachers that are more capable i can promise you amen but I, i've come to preach this morning about our great god how great is our god this morning amen if you've ever just sat down and thought about the greatness of god have you ever just thought about it just sat down and just said, you know, I don't know where I would be if it were not for God. God's hand in my life is so evident. The, the more that I look back, and the more that I think things over, as the old song says, I can, all I can say is I'm truly blessed. The things that I have, I did not attain of my own ability. The, the, things, that, the things that I have been blessed with did not become mine because of my own merit but they became mine because God blessed me because God saw fit that my needs were provided amen my God is greater than anything in this world amen and I have to understand that I have to realize that God there is nothing greater than than him that's why the psalmist said in Psalms chapter uh, 150 he said praise him according to his excellent greatness that's why we ought to worship him. That's why we ought to praise him, because he is great. Hallelujah. He's not just great, but he is greater than anything. 
that we can compare him to. Hallelujah. He's greater than anyone that we can compare him to. Amen. You can look in, 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 in the universe. He's greater than anything in the universe. You can look at the great things in this world. He's greater than anything in this world. Hallelujah. Praise God. The subject of God's greatness is way too exhaustive for any of us to be able to sit down and write and in, in, in put it on paper. This world could not contain the books. The world could not contain the books. John chapter 21 verse 25 says, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. This world could not contain all the books that would be written of God's greatness. Hallelujah. And John was just talking about what he did while he was on this earth. Hallelujah. If we, if we compiled everything that God has done in each and every one of our lives and, and we began to put it into a storeroom, the, the world would not be big enough. Are you with me? We serve a great God this morning. We serve a great God this morning. No one can compare to him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I, I, want, to, I want to talk a little bit this morning, just, just doing some comparisons throughout the Bible of how great God is compared to the things of this world. Amen. Praise God. So if you've got your Bible, it's going to be a little Bible study this morning. Hallelujah. The law. We're going to start with the law. Back in the very beginning, Moses gave the law. The law was a great thing. Would you not agree? The law, we would not know what sin is except for the law. Show us what sin is. Amen. Romans chapter 10 and verse 5 says, For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the men which doeth those things shall live by them. The law gives us instruction. The law instructs our life. The law tells us, okay, you shouldn't do this, and you should do this. It helps us guide our thoughts. It helps us guide our actions. Amen. We, we know sin. Like I just said, we know sin because of the law. Romans 3 and 20 says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Romans chapter 7, verse number 7 says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid, nay, I had not known sin, but by the law. Amen. We would not have known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law said, thou shalt not covet. Amen. Amen. The law, the law instructs us. The law has made known to us what sin is. The law is our schoolmaster, if you will. Schoolmaster, in, in, in a definition for that would be one who leads children to school. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 24 says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Hallelujah. But this morning, according to the scripture, Jesus is greater than the law. Jesus is greater than the law. Romans chapter 8, verse number 3 says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, 
God sending his own son, Jesus Christ, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus is greater than the law this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus gives us power for righteousness. Romans chapter 8 verse number 4 says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Romans 14 and 17 says for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's through Jesus Christ that we find righteousness. We find power in righteousness. Hallelujah. It's greater than the law. With the law, we understand what sin is. With the law, we understand what righteousness is. But through Jesus Christ, he gives us the power to live righteously. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus is not just the schoolmaster. As the law is. The law points us to who we ought to go. The, the law guides us. It leads us to school, if you will. Hallelujah. But Jesus is the true instructor. Praise God. Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 24. It says, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Amen. Jesus is our instructor. Hallelujah. Praise God. The law was great, but Jesus is greater. We understand this. Hallelujah. Praise God. Another thing that I began to think about was, was the sacrifices of the Old Testament. The sacrifices were necessary in the Old Testament. God placed this plan in, and he put it into action for atonement of sin. Amen. But the problem with sacrifices, and I'm getting ahead of myself this morning, but sacrifices, they were great in their time, in their, in, 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 in their era, if you will. Sacrifices rolled their sins away. It atoned their sins for a year. Every year they had to, they had to make atonement. They had to make a sacrifice. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 3 says, But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. Every year they had to go back to the high priest and, and they had to make another sacrifice to roll the sins that they had committed in the past, to roll the sins that they had committed that year, to move it forward another year. Amen. There's, a, there's another message in all that. And I'm not going to get sidetracked there. I've got plenty of places to go this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus is greater than sacrifices. Jesus is greater than sacrifices. Hebrews 9, 11 through 14 says, But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered into once, he entered in once into the holy place. He didn't have to go the next year. He didn't have to go the year after that. He entered into the holy place one time. One time, having obtained eternal redemption for all of us. We didn't have to go back and make another sacrifice because of the sins we committed in the past or because of the sins we committed just the other day. Hallelujah. Jesus went one time and he made redemption for our sins. 
Hallelujah. Jesus is greater than sacrifices this morning. Hallelujah. He sanctifies us through his blood. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus took away our sins. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 11 and 12 says, And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can, they can never take sins away. Sacrifice can never take your sins away. Hallelujah. But this man, verse number 12, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Hallelujah. You're not getting that this morning. But this man, Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. He sat down on the right hand of God. He only had to do it one time. Hallelujah. And he did it once. And it was for eternity. We don't have to go back. We don't have to make sacrifice year after year after year. We don't have to remember what we were in the past. But because of his grace and because of his mercy and because of his one sacrifice, we can be with him for eternity. My Lord, hallelujah, let's worship him this morning. Oh, we love you, God. So we see this morning that the law, the law was a great thing, but Jesus was greater. We see this morning the sacrifices, they were great in their time and in their place, but Jesus Christ, he replaced the sacrifices. He became greater than sacrifices. And this morning also I began to think about the Ark of the Covenant. It was a great thing. Amen. The Israelites couldn't survive. It didn't seem without the Ark of the Covenant. Amen. There's many stories that revolve around the Ark of the Covenant. The glory departed from Israel. Hallelujah. And the high priest, daughter-in-law, named her son Ichabod because the glory departed from Israel. Hallelujah. Israel revolved around this, 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 this piece of furniture. This piece of furniture represented the presence of God in their midst. It represented the glory of God in their midst. Hallelujah. In fact, the Ark of the Covenant was so important. The Ark of the Covenant was where sins were, were atoned. The Ark of the Covenant was where the sacrifice, the yearly sacrifice, took place. It was an important item. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews 9, chapter 6, is, chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Sorry. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. Hallelujah. It was at the Ark of the Covenant that this took place. It was at the Ark of the Covenant that was placed in the Holy of Holies that only one man could enter one time every year to make sacrifices. It was a very important thing in the, in the midst of Israel. Amen. The Ark, the Ark 
represented the glory of God. 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 22, and, and she said, this is, this is, uh, this is the, the daughter-in-law of, of the high priest at that point in time. She said, the glory is departed from Israel, for the ark of God is taken. The glory was gone. God left our midst. The ark has been taken. The ark was imported to the children of Israel. Amen. Amen. It contained some very important artifacts, if you will. Hallelujah. We're going to go through those very quickly here this morning. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 3 and 4 says, And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all, which had the golden censer, and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna, and Aaron's rod that budded, and the tables of the covenant. So the ark contained three things. Evidence of God miracu God's miraculous power. The bowl of manna. It contained Aaron's rod that budded. The importance of this rod that budded was showing that God handpicked Aaron to be the high priest. And it also contained the law. All three of these things were important artifacts to the children of Israel. God wanted the children of Israel to understand the ark is representation of my glory. And where my glory is, is miraculous power. And where my glory is, I choose my man to serve. And where my glory is, I have a law that I have in place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The mercy seat upon this ark, it represented the atonement for all of Israel. Hebrews 9 and verse 7 says, But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. Hallelujah. It was upon the mercy seat. It was upon that place where the children of Israel found atonement for their sins. Praise God. But all of this was wonderful. All of this was great. All of this had high standing in, in the lives of the children of Israel. Hallelujah. But there was still one who is greater than the Ark of the Covenant. Hallelujah. I'm here this morning to tell you the Ark of the Covenant was great, but Jesus Christ is greater than the Ark of the Covenant. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is greater than anything in this world. Hallelujah. Jesus is the atonement for our sins. Hallelujah. Romans 5 and 11 says, And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Hallelujah. We are atoned by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are atoned by the sacrifice that he, he sacrificed for us on that one day. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus is our atonement. Hallelujah. Jesus is the glory of God. He does not just represent the glory of God. Jesus Christ is the glory of God. John 1 and 14, it says, And the Word was made flesh. 
flesh and it dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth hallelujah it was when Jesus stepped foot upon this earth hallelujah that the glory came to this earth the glory of God walked in flesh walked among each and every one of the men that were alive that day hallelujah that he could oh God hallelujah that he could experience the things that we experience and that he could make the sacrifice and that he could become our atonement this morning hallelujah 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 Jesus is our atonement Jesus is the glory of God hallelujah hallelujah praise God and all the things all the artifacts that were there in the ark we can look at all of them hallelujah we can look at them all and we begin we can go through the life of Jesus Christ we can go through the Gospels and we can see how he fulfilled each and every one of those artifacts because where the glory of God is there is miraculous power everywhere he went throughout the New Testament he he was healing people he was raising the dead hallelujah he was delivering people from bondage hallelujah the miraculous power came to life if you will hallelujah it was just not it was no longer just a symbol in the bottom of a box of the ark of the of the of the covenant hallelujah but it came to life and it began to walk among each and every individual upon the earth at that day hallelujah and it still walks among us today it didn't stop back then when Jesus Christ was crucified but it is alive and well through the Holy Ghost today hallelujah it's right here in this place this morning hallelujah you need a miracle from God you go you've got to do is reach out and ask him Lord God I'm right here and I need you today Hallelujah. Many miracles were wrought by his very hands while he was here on this earth. Hallelujah. And those miracles still live on today because his spirit is alive and a well in the midst of each and every one of us this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The thing is, the glorious thing is that it was not just that he performed miracles, but he was, in my opinion, the most beautiful miracle of all time I said he is the greatest miracle above all time hallelujah he was born of a virgin that in and of itself is a wondrous miracle it went against all human possibility and it showed that God has all power at his spoken word, things become as though they were not. He was crucified, but he did not stay dead. He arose on the third day. That was miraculous. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ was not just a miracle worker. He was the miracle himself. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 7 verse number 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself. Hallelujah. I said the Lord himself, hallelujah, shall 
give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew 1 and 23 says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Paul the, the apostle Peter went on in Acts chapter 2 verses 22 through and 23 says in his message there on the day of Pentecost he looked at those men around him and he said you men of Israel hear these words Jesus of Nazareth a man he was chosen of God he was approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by hand, wicked hands have crucified and slain. Hallelujah. There was a rod in the Ark of the Covenant that budded, showing that God had chosen a man. God sent Jesus Christ into this earth, wrapped himself in flesh, dwelt among us, hallelujah, and he showed who he was by his miracles, by his wonders, and by his sons, proves, by his signs, proving that God sent him into our midst, that God called this man, hallelujah, to serve a purpose and to pay a price that we could not pay, hallelujah, to, to die upon an old rugged cross. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You, we can go on Romans 5 and 8 says, But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 14 and 9 says, For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. He is not just the chosen of God. He is not just the chosen of God. He is not just the chosen of God. He is God. John chapter 10, verse number 30. Jesus himself says, I and my Father are one. John 14 and 9 says, Jesus said to them, to him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? I am here. The Father is standing right in front of you. Hallelujah. He was not only just a man chosen of God, but he was God wrapped in flesh, dwelling among each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And last of all, the third thing that was in the ark, hallelujah, was the law. We talked about the law already, but I want us to understand, Jesus was greater than the ark. Jesus was more than just a representation of miraculous power. 
Jesus was more than just a man called of God. He was God. He is God. Hallelujah. But he did not just come to let the law be in power forever, if you will. Hallelujah. But he came and he fulfilled the law. Hallelujah. At Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 49 says, And he said to them, These are the words which I spake to you, while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise on the third day, that and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem, and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Jesus said, I have come, hallelujah, because the law and the prophets, they've got to be fulfilled. I have come to perform this very thing. I have come to fulfill the law today. Hallelujah. I came because the law said, the, the prophet said, uh, I had to die. The, the, the prophet said, uh, I had to rise upon the third day. I had to become victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. And that's why I have come. And now it was my purpose upon this earth. Hallelujah. That we may, that we may have everlasting, everlasting life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus is greater than the ark of the covenant. Hallelujah. He is a great and mighty God this morning. Hallelujah. Can we give him a hand clap of praise today? Praise God. Last of all, comparing Jesus to the Ark of the Covenant, Jesus is our mercy seat. Jesus is our mercy seat. The name mercy seat in the Greek is hilasterion or hilasmos, meaning propitiation or meaning atonement. Here we go again talking about atonement. Paul used this word when he was talking to the church in Rome, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 26, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through the faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God to declare I say at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Amen. The apostle John also used this word propitiation in his gospel. 1 John chapter 2 verse 1 through 2 says, My little children, these things write I to you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins. If you will allow me this morning, he is our mercy seat. 
Hallelujah. We have an advocate with the Father. We have a mercy seat which we can run to this morning. Hallelujah. And that is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because he is. Hallelujah. He is our mercy seat this morning. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Not just for you and me, but for everybody we know. Hallelujah. And everybody we don't know. Everybody that's on the face of the earth, they have a place they can run to. They have a place that they can find atonement. They have a place that they can find mercy this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. That wasn't enough for John. John had to write in, in, in chapter number 4, he's, in verse 10, he said, Here in his love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Hallelujah. It wasn't because, it wasn't because we loved him, but because he loved us that he sent somebody to provide a mercy seat, a place where we could find mercy. Hallelujah. He sent somebody. Hallelujah. He wrapped himself. He not only just sent him, but he came himself. Hallelujah. He paid the price. He made the sacrifice of atonement for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. He is such a great God. He is such a great God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The law was great. Jesus was greater, right? Hallelujah. Praise God. The Ark of the Covenant was great. Jesus is greater. Hallelujah. There was another thing, another role in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that was considered a great thing, a great honor to be, and that was to be a priest. To be a priest was a great thing. Got to know, the priests were not just picked randomly by just anybody. But rather, they were handpicked by God. Hebrews 5 and 1 tells us this. says, for every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Hebrews 5 and 4. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. The high priest was not just something that you voted on. It was, it was, it was something that a man of God would, 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 would appoint by God's authority. Amen. The man must be called by God, as Aaron was. Therefore, we had, that's why we had Aaron's rod that budded in the Ark of the Covenant, showing that God chose the Levites to serve him as priest in the temple. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So what was the priest? The priest, the high priest, was the representation of all the people. Why do I say this? Because... The high priest, I'm not going to try to get too bogged down into all this, but the high priest, on his vest, he wore 12 stones. Those 12 stones represented the 12 tribes of Israel. He represented each and every person in Israel. He was a representation of the people to God. 
Exodus 28, 9 through 12 says, And thou shalt take two onyx stones, and grave on them the names of the children of Israel, six of their names on the stone, and the other six names of the rest on the other stone, according to their birth, with the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings of a signet. Shalt thou engrave the two stones with the names of the children of Israel. Thou shalt make them to be set in ouches of gold, and thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones for, of, of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. It was the priest's job to represent the children of Israel to God. Every time the priest, the high priest would walk in, he was bearing all the people on his shoulders. The priest's job was to make atonement for all these people. We've talked about this a couple times already this morning. But Hebrews 8 and 3 says, For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, whereof it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. It was the responsibility of the high priest to offer sacrifices and gifts for the people. Hallelujah. Although the high priest and, and the office of the priest was an important thing in the eyes of those in, the, the, in Israel, there was still one who is greater than being a high priest, than being in the priesthood there in Israel. Jesus is greater than the priesthood this morning. Hallelujah. First of all, we talked about how the priest was handpicked by God. Jesus was not just handpicked by God. He was conceived by God. Amen. Luke 1 and 35 says, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost came upon thee, shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Praise God. It was, Jesus did not, Jesus did not elevate himself. Not one time in the scripture will you find where Jesus elevated himself into a high place. He was a high and lofty man. He was a, he was a man with the power of God residing inside of him. He was God. Amen. But he never glorified himself above anybody else. He didn't, even, even at that time, even though he was higher than the high priest, he did not walk into the temple and say, hey, I'm here now. I don't need you anymore. He did not elevate himself. Jesus did not glorify himself to priesthood, but yet the Bible calls him a high priest. You know that. In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 5 through 10 says, So also Christ glorified not himself to be made an high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee, as he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, through though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation 
And to all them that believe, that all them that obey him, called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. He was called of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. He did not, he did not try to elevate himself, even though he had the power to do so. Hallelujah. But yet the Bible calls him. Hallelujah. It states that he is an high priest. Praise God. Jesus not only represented us, he became one of us. He dwelt among us. Hallelujah. I, I could take the time to read through John chapter 1, 1 through 14. In, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He came and dwelt in our midst. Hallelujah. He, he came. He came and his own knew him not. But yet he still did what he came to do. They didn't receive him according to John chapter 1. But yet he still came and performed what he needed to perform. Hallelujah. Jesus was greater than the high priest. Hallelujah. Jesus was not only the one who offered the sacrifice for our propitiation, but he was the lamb that was slain. Hallelujah. He was the lamb and he is the high priest. Hallelujah. I said he is the lamb and he is the high priest. Hallelujah. Our God is only one. Hallelujah, we don't need any other gods. Hallelujah, my God, he can step in. He can be whatever he needs to be, whenever he needs to be it. Hallelujah, Luke chapter 9 verse 22 says, Saying the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. Hallelujah, Revelations 5, 6 and 9, 6 to 9 says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, hallelujah, and of the four beasts, and in, one, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book... Hallelujah, the four beasts and, the four, and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. Before the Lamb that had been slain. Hallelujah. Having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and, and every tongue and people and nation. Hallelujah. In Revelation, a lamb that was slain took the book. Hallelujah. And he was the only one that was worthy because he was the one that was slain. He was the one that shed blood for each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ was greater than the high priest. Hallelujah. He was not just a high priest, but he was the sacrifice that took away the sins of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus Christ is greater. Jesus Christ is greater. Our God is great this morning. Hallelujah. Can we stand this morning? Can we worship him today? Our God is great. Our God is greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 It was he that came and suffered. It was he that came and paid the price that I could not pay. Hallelujah. It was him that came. Hallelujah. And took away my sins that I could live with him for eternity.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why I've come today. Hallelujah. That's why I devote myself to him because he is greater than anything in this world. Not one thing in this world could compare to him. Not one thing that I could attain in my life can I compare it to him and it be greater. I've been blessed. I've been blessed many times. I've been blessed with a beautiful wife, two beautiful girls. My boy will be here soon. I've been blessed with a house to live in. I've been blessed with a good job. I've been blessed with good family. But I can pile all these blessings up and I can compare them to God. I love these blessings. They're great blessings to me. They're good blessings. I wouldn't trade them for anything in this world. But when I compare them to God, and when I think of how awesome he is, I can't say, but God, I'm so thankful this morning. You've been so great. You're so awesome this morning. Can we love him today? God, you are great. Oh, there is no one like you this morning, Jesus. We can search the world over today and we would still find none that compares to your goodness and your greatness, God. That's why, Lord, every day I wake up, Lord, I want to worship you and I want to praise you according to your excellent greatness. Your word says, oh, Lord, that we can search the world over. Hallelujah. And your, and your greatness, Lord, the psalmist said, your greatness is unsearchable. No one could tell the links of your greatness, Lord. You've been good to each and every one of us, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Can we find a place to pray and let's give him thanks. Hallelujah. Thank you for how he's been great in your life. Thank you for how he's been good to you. Hallelujah.